0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Jesus,
1: good God Almighty. It is the Out of Sight Podcast, post game edition. Uh, chill ride, chill vibes as always. Uh, it's just kind of depressing vibes when you lose to a uh, Houston Rockets team that before tonight had six total wins on the season, but somehow the Sixers managed to lose this game, uh, 132 123 in double overtime. That's right, the Sixers needed double overtime in a game where Joel Embiid played 55 minutes, James Harden played 57 minutes on his first night back by the way and they still lost by nine dave <laughs> early, Dave early is here um dave i i just i have no idea how to even start talking about this game i have i have nothing i have no start can you lead can you bat lead off for me here like give me something
0: <laughs> oh man it, it was it was just awful oh uh, my god You know, like there was this idea that you'd heard people say, are you sure you want Harden pushing to come back for this Houston reunion revenge game? And I was like, no, I hope not. No. I don't (laughs) want him pushing. Um, I don't know how his foot felt, but (laughs) he certainly didn't look very good out there.
1: Oh, my word. So I I would just like to point out, and I'm looking at the, the box score right now. Six Rockets scored in double figures, including Jabari Smith Jr. And I don't know if I have this right. I don't know if it's updated or it needs to be updated. But I'm sure he played more than seven minutes to get 16 points and 13 rebounds. I need Google to refresh that. Otherwise, I'm going to be really upset.
0: Maybe it's in the same place that you saw Joel Embiid played 57 minutes.
1: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. 39 points for Embiid, seven rebounds, three assists, but he also fouled out right before the second overtime. And honestly, when the Sixers had to go to double overtime, I, I knew this game was over. I, I kind of knew it, right?
0: Yeah, it was it was rough. Um Joel hit a huge pull up shot, and you're like, thank goodness. And you knew he was anchoring the defense. Um the team had a surprisingly difficult time securing defensive rebounds, even with him under there. Like, I'll, I'll get to
1: that. I will get to that. <laughs> but
0: but his two turnovers down the stretch were abysmal. And each time he he, I guess he takes a dribble to his left and he tries to hit the right wing. Corner three for a pass. I think it was Melton both times he was aiming for. Neither was good. Both looked like they hadn't really rehearsed this play very often. Uh, I'm reluctant to put it all on coaching because Joel should know better regardless of what the plays was. But at the end of the day, you'd like to see a coach have a little bit more in place for what's been a glaring weakness of Embiid over his career, which is passing out of doubles. And they just don't look like they have a plan for that when there's more than one star in the game at the same time.
1: Uh, I, I've been corrected by different website. Jabbar Smith Jr. played 39 minutes, but...
0: And Joel was 35 and Harden was 38. No one was in the 50s. No one was in
1: the 50s. Okay. <laughs> All right. Google update, like, re- reload your box scores, okay? It's just like, <laughs> I'm, I'm already tired enough. I don't need to go through, like, alternate websites to do a podcast that I just really have no energy and just, like, too depressed for. Um. The Sixers look really good like the 10 the 10o start to start the game, but I wouldn't bring this to your attention and I don't know if this is a growing pattern or it has been for quite some time, but the idea of the sixers playing down to their opponent what what do you think of that idea?
0: um honestly, I don't know. I know it certainly feels true. I remember a year ago. Was it after like a win that could have been a loss, but we thought they should have won by double digits? And maybe it was Keith Pompey who asked Doc, like, does does this win not sit that well with you? And and Doc gave him a big lecture, like, no, no, those guys are just happy that they won. If you played ball, you would understand. So I think there is that sentiment that at least that the Sixers have played down a comp over the years, but at the same time, I think probably a lot of above-average teams' fan bases feel that way about their team. Uh, And what it could simply mean is even bad teams win their home games or compete at home league-wide. So I I don't know if there's something to it, particularly with the Sixers, but if I had to guess, I would say there is something to it because you know Joel brings extra for those national TV games. Yes. And and you know that sometimes... one, the reason everyone says when he's focused and in shape, he can be one of the top five players in the league is because sometimes he does take nights off. And I don't typically have a problem with guys playing less in fifth gear in the regular season. I think it's smart. And frankly, I'd like to see Joel do it more. Sure. Um, because he scares me when he goes flying for track down blocks in traffic. Sometimes I worry about him landing the wrong way. And you saw him grabbing at his face today, and I'm always relieved to see on the replay it's his nose or his chin and not his eye. Um, Right. (laughs) But, yeah, I think if if you wanted to say they played down to their comp tonight, I think it's totally fair. If you want to say it's a trend, uh, an alarming trend of theirs, I think it's probably fair too. Um, They should have won this game. That was pretty clear. Embiid missed a couple big free throws. Harden just played well below standard to the point where I'm wondering if he should have even been back, or was he just making – mental errors or was he out of shape or some of all some of the above but oh man why didn't they call that last play for tobias who was scorching hot from three they called it for for james who was four for nineteen
1: I, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know if it was like James was like in the huddle and he was like, I want the shot. I want the shot. And this is
0: town. To, this is my spot.
1: So somebody needs to say, no, Tobias is nine of 15 and seven of eight from three.
0: Uh, you're getting him the ball, whether you like it or not. They didn't seem to take that approach at all. And it reminded me of the second game of the season when Joel was playing like trash, clearly out of shape. And we learned he was dealing with plantar fasciitis for like two months And Harden, in the minutes Joel was sitting, brought them back against Milwaukee. Then on the final two plays of the game, they go back to Embiid, who doesn't get buckets. And it reminded me of that. It was like deliberately going out of your way to call the play for the guy who doesn't have the hot hand sometimes.
1: So I'm going to go out and just say this, and I don't care what anybody says when I say it, but... The Sixers did not lose this game. Houston took this game from the Sixers, as evidenced by their 51 to 39 uh, discrepancy on the boards and the 44 to 36 uh, in free throw attempts. Like Houston won this game. Like, let's not let's be perfectly clear. Like Houston took this game. From the Sixers and like that, to,
0: fifty-two to forty, and the points in the paint as well. So they were just going right at them.
1: Right, they they were out, they were out hustling. They were controlling. They they were playing their game. They were playing their transition style. We're young. We're just gonna run all over you. Like that's Houston won this game the way that Houston plays basketball, and that's what we have to boil this down to. Hats off to the Rockets and the Sixers. Remember last week when I said, hey, the Sixers look good after the Atlanta game. Maybe they can steal one from Cleveland-Memphis. Yeah, that didn't happen. And now they lost to the Rockets. So, like, I don't know how I feel now, seven days later, after saying that statement.
0: I think you do know how you feel.
1: <laughs> uh, uh, combination of depression, anger, sadness, uh, <clears throat> frustration. Just uh, insert all the adjectives, Dave.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, uh, it was, I have a, I have a friend who is a big Knicks fan, and they played like tr- trash, and they didn't compete against the Mavs the other night. They like didn't want it, and then he had to watch like the MSG paid broadcast find some silver linings and moral victories, and he was right. he was appalled by it. He he wanted them to just rip them even harder than they did. Um, so I think sometimes your your team needs to hear it from your fans when nothing goes well. The Stars didn't play that well. I mean, Embiid did his part other than the the gaffes at the end. He could have won them that game with a couple made free throws and one less turnover.
1: The five um, turnovers were kind of a killer, especially those last two in fourth quarter regulation.
0: Yeah, but he did so much to give other guys a chance to put that game out of reach, and they just couldn't do it.
1: And also, I this is kind of a broken record now at this point with us on this podcast, but, like, PJ Tucker, 42 minutes, six rebounds, three points, took two total shots and two free throws. Why? What are we paying this dude $30 million, $10 million a season for? Toughness? Like, I'm sorry, that does not show up on a box score. And as evidenced by this game tonight, like, there was no toughness on this team. Houston took this – the the heart was taken by the Houston Rockets. The Sixers, they just had their heart stolen from them. And if that's what you're bringing in P.J. Tucker to do, then he is failing at his job right now.
0: I think Tucker got a tough whistle in this one. I'll defend him as far as that. But he is a step slow right now. And when he is a step slow, he starts to look really small out there, doesn't he? Like right. they, couldn't, they couldn't get a rebound – and it looked like there was a guy head taller than him getting that rebound on a handful of occasions. He he does have that dog in him. Like, you know, he's the guy you want to win a big game. But for the regular season grind, coming off of that knee surgery, I feel like he just he shouldn't be logging these types of minutes. He shouldn't have played as many as he did when Harden and Maxi were out of the lineup at times and Bede was out of the lineup. He's the perfect guy to have been load maintenance the whole way and maybe he starts looking really good by January maybe not hopefully February maybe March but at this rate where you're asking him to just keep going and carry the carry the load when two stars are out of the lineup it's just not the recipe and I think he probably is more likely to get worse than better if he has to be leaned on to this degree when he doesn't look right
1: I'm perfectly, like, if the Sixers are going to run out and beat Harris and Tucker, like, all like that, and, like, this is the production we get, like, it's almost as bad as, like, it's almost as bad as having Simmons out there because P.J. Tucker is not doing much. I'd be like, look, just throw throw Montre, throw Trez in there and just have him start and then have P.J. play maybe, like, 15 to 17 minutes or something like that because him in the starting lineup is just not working right now. Right, and I'd be totally cool with that. Put Harold in there, uh, put Thibault in there. I I don't care. But PJ in the starting lineup, unless he's completely recovered from the surgery that he had, when he's feeling hundred percent, I don't want to see him in the starting lineup. I just don't. I'm done with it right now.
0: Like, mm-hmm. no, who would you start over? Thibault. Thibault.
1: Okay. Because at least at least I get like young legs, athleticism somebody that can house somebody on the defensive end. And sure, he's not doing anything in like the shooting component, but defensively, I think he gives you way more energy than Tucker does right now. If Tucker is, as we are insinuating, is not 100%. It
0: is, It is. is interesting how hard fans were on Matisse for not getting covered by Miami, and now they're watching Tucker not get covered and there isn't that yeah. same, same energy. So you, like, you wonder if that'll start to shift. I I,
1: I want to come with the same energy Sixers fans. Like, come on. If you are so upset with Thiebel producing nothing over the last, what, season and a half. And now you're seeing PJ Tucker. I'll be honest, being almost as useless on the offensive end. Right. I, I. I need the same energy y'all like I'm sorry like we're past we are past that point now like if you're gonna give Theibel crap then you have to give PJ crap too because he's all because Tucker is the one making 10 million a season he's the guy that you gave this money to and he's not performing so if he's not performing somebody needs to get on his ass and like figure out what the hell it is Do you need to sit? Do you need to recover? Do you need to do something? You got to tell us what the hell is up right now, because at this point, I feel that he is costing us games.
0: Mm, Okay.
1: So I I don't know if people are going to agree with me on that. Like that's fine if you don't come at me in the in the in my Twitter Menchie's. That's okay. But you paid this guy to be this like quote unquote dog because you know they they because apparently toughness is something that this team needs. But if tucker is a wounded animal then he's not really serving you anything
0: yeah yeah i think that's fair
1: and, and i'm sorry i'm going on the off on this wild mad tangent but that's where my brain is right now and it's funny because at the time of this recording it's 11:30 eastern and i'm just all kinds of amped and fired up because i'm just so pissed they lost this game tonight <laughs> i i mean it i'm extremely extremely pissed like you have no idea like i'm oh. ready to i'm ready to like break windows over this loss like you have
0: no idea where are you where are you assigning your blame here are you are you putting this mostly on Embiid, harden doc rivers pj tucker what i i,
1: I think i think i have plenty of blame and vitriol to go around here uh harden how shooting. does your
0: pie chart look
1: uh, Harden shooting four from 19 in 38 minutes like I so like that that was not good um I feel like Doc should have said listen this is your first game back you are playing 20 to 25 minutes and that's it I am gonna run Theibel I'm gonna run Milton I'm gonna run Maz. I mean d- listen I'm not saying and advocating for Jalen Springer but I would have given the kid at least like 8 to 10 minutes. And just be the like funny,
0: right, yeah. The funny thing is I feel like if Harden wasn't in this game, the Sixers might have had a chance to win. And, and I know he was that's a, I,
1: that is a hilarious thing to say because I felt the same way, especially with like Shake was Shake was
0: doing all that he could tonight. Like Shake played pretty damn well. Shake was somehow a team low minus 13, House was a minus 10. So, you know, they might have just got routed. It's possible It's possible. Harden, even shooting poorly, kept them in it because, you know, he did get 9 of 10 from the stripe and 7 dimes. He did orchestrate the pick and roll. But you, you do feel like if he wasn't out there, other guys would have stepped up to a degree they didn't, which makes me come back to the coach and it's like, you're really good at getting a shorthand to compete and impress us against Orlando and Washington. But when the stars are out there, things tend to start looking pretty vanilla and predictable. Right, and it just it doesn't feel dangerous. It doesn't feel unpredictable to the point where it's like you don't know what this team's going to do. They might whip it around the horn and then shake Milton, who has been playing well in so and so's absence, is now contributing also. Uh, and now we're clicking on all cylinders because Harden's back. It was more just like Harden's back. We're going to lean on him one 100- hundred percent completely regardless of what percent in his you know rehab he is and it just doesn't feel like the right approach and i, I goes, saw D- dave yeager with this kind of like you know melancholy smile every time they showed the the, the bench
1: i saw that too i was like <laughs> what is happening yeah uh and it goes back to something that i pointed out uh, a couple of weeks ago just like when we were talking about doc rivers like the book is out on doc rivers strategy like yeah. everybody knows what he runs like there's nothing unique about how
0: he runs a basketball team no and he said as much as himself he's like when the stars are out there you know what you're going to do when the stars are not that's when you really need to do your homework and and study the film and i was thinking like well what if you put that energy into when the stars are you out you want to
1: do some homework when the stars are out there maybe maybe you can come up with some things like i'll yeah. i'll give you extra credit like you know if you're listen Doc, if you have, you're rocking with like a 69 right now and you need a 70 to pass. If you give me the extra credit, I will bump your grade up to a 70 or 71. I will give you a C minus, but you have to put in the work here.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think the Sixers need God. I think the Sixers need a good coach. I think they need a dramatic load management program for their stars. And I think they need Mikhail Bridges and they'll be right where they want to be.
1: Seriously. (laughs) one person i I tell you what though you know who's not on my pie chart tonight as far as like blame goes for this game tobias freaking harris tobias and harris played a really good game tonight 27 points 9 to 15 from the field seven of eight from three tobias was playing his ass off tonight and I loved every second of it.
0: Yeah, the threes are dropping and it's so nice to see. It's like oh man, this is the player we've like been dreaming of and he was there tonight.
1: And it just feels like his performance was wasted. It was and they let, wasted. They let him down.
0: Yeah, they wasted a huge Tobias Harris game by just making stupid mistakes.
1: Unbelievable. So,
0: like unforced turnovers just trying to set up the offense by Embiid and Harden. Um... Uh, <sighs> Brits, nice. free, free throws, twenty-three assists,
1: twenty-three assists to nineteen turnovers. Like that's not going to get it done.
0: Guys who look like they've never worked on a box out.
1: Oh my god! Oh How, right, you what, wanted
0: what, me to box out. I forgot. I what, didn't think we did that on a road trips.
1: Sixteen offensive rebounds for the Rockets. Sixteen against this team. Okay, I'm I'm just getting frustrated again. Do do we should we go to should we go to break? Go to a break. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go to break, and let's just let's just have a nice little palate cleanser. Talk about something on the site, and it actually fits into uh, this game. Um, who was it that wrote that? Uh, it was Paul Hudrick, actually. Uh, we know little about the Sixers right now, and it might be a while before we know more. Uh, yeah, I, I would agree with that. There, there are some things that we do know, but then there are definitely things that we don't know about the team. So we're gonna go to break. Come back, and we will discuss Paul's piece on the site this past week. Or actually, this was posted today. So, timely. Thank you, Paul. Back after these words from our sponsors. It is the Liberty Ballers podcast on the Liberty Ballers podcast networks, out of sight, and we'll be back after these words. Uh, w- once again, sad to report, Sixers lose in double overtime to a Houston Rockets team that now has seven wins on the season this e- this year uh, after their 132-123 win over your Philadelphia 76ers on the road in Houston. Um, Dave, so Paul Hudrick, our colleague, wrote something on the site today uh, entitled What We Know Little About the Sixers Right Now and It Might Be a While Before We Know More. After the, after this game, ain't that the goddamn truth?
0: Yeah, Paul wrote a great piece, and he talked about how guys like Shake and Harris were awesome and helped us feel much better about those games without Embiid, Harden, and Maxie. Um, And there's no such thing, he points out, Doc Rivers talked about, as having guys that can dribble, shoot, and pass. And so, you know, Paul basically poses the question, can Doc get the most out of Embiid and Harden?
1: I can answer I, that. I can answer that question. No, the answer is no.
0: <laughs> right. And, and <laughs> getting this team to be sort of a more than the sum of the whole of the parts or whatever that expression is. Uh, The part. the Yeah, whatever. We're People not know getting what you're it. referring to.
1: People know what you're referring
0: to. <laughs> Definitely not getting it. You know, if Harden was out there with with without Embiid, the team would look surprisingly good if Embiid was out there without Harden the team looks surprisingly good like okay you know you you can compete on a night-to-night basis suddenly you have both and you're looking surprisingly bad and that reflects poorly on the players and the coaching staff
1: all of that said Okay, there are some things that I can point to and it sucks that I have to do this now because I read the piece and I was writing things down. I was like, okay, so we we know very little about this team, but there are some things that we do know. And it sucks that I have to say this now and then start off with it. Uh, Something that we do know, um, the Sixers defense tonight's game notwithstanding, uh, this team's defense is definitely elite and championship level. Uh, They are second in the league in opponent's points per game, fourth in D-rating, and apparently, I don't know if you know this, but they're second in opposing teams' three-point percentage. Uh, All of that is good stuff that we did not see tonight in any way, shape, or form.
0: Well, they were not that good defensively to begin the year when Harden was in, and then they were elite winning when he was out, now he comes back, and the defense doesn't look that good. So they do have some identity questions. I know a lot has been made about the idea that they were going to switch everything. And then with some of the injuries and Joel coming back, they decided, all right, we can't, we can't be asking Joel to switch out on Darius Garland that far from the hoop. We need him protecting the rim, and that was oh a good my thing. God. <laughs> so it, we have seen them reverting a little bit. I don't think they have figured out exactly what they want to do but I think they at least know we cannot switch one through five, everything that's not e- going to work for us e- ever again. We can't do no. that ever again. Harden might like it and Tucker might like it, but they're not important enough defensively to override what Joel does best. I mean, Joel's is one of the five best defensive players in the league period. It doesn't so you gotta, work. <laughs> you got to maximize him. And that means having him by the rim. And that means playing quite a bit of, of drop coverage and, and, fans hate it when they see stars walk into wide open mid-range jumpers with the player trailing behind them mm-hmm. like Jason Tatum pulling from 12, 15 feet. But that is the sword that Brett Brown used to prefer to fall on for good reason. And and you do have a better defense when you get Joel playing more of that type of defense. So I think that's fine. Maybe there's a happy medium of switching and some drop coverage that they'll figure out over time. But like Paul said, we might not know like if this is going to work out with Harden in that lineup, and then Maxi coming back, and these guys playing big minutes. Just how good this defense is, because all that great stuff and numbers that you pointed out came without him.
1: All right, so let's just throw a nice old, a nice ice cold bucket of water on that one. Um <laughs> Embiid is still MVP caliber. Uh, We definitely know that. (laughs) He has been sure he's surely been playing like one, even though the team is only 12 and 11. Uh, Yeah, Embiid is still an MVP.
0: Yeah, unlike him to let this one slip through his fingers, he usually closes the door on lesser teams on a regular season night like this uh he was unable to do it and you could see how much it bothered him sitting on that bench when he fell out speaking, speaking of, of close speaking of closing the
1: door speaking of closing the door i had to close the door of my nephew because he wanted to make an appearance on the podcast but anyway
0: um I should have brought him in for a question
1: no, no 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 he he would just be angry and upset after i told him that the six was lost because he's clutching his franklin doll right now um here's so here's something we definitely know uh Tobias is doing stuff this season and we kind of hinted at that Tobias is definitely doing stuff 38% from three this season and a one Oh nine D rating damn decent two way ability from Tobias this season. I'm glad I'm seeing it. I'm so happy. I'm seeing it this year.
0: Yeah. If we could get more of this Tobias um, we won't have to, you know, like I said, like they need a new coach to load management and Mikhail bridges, but if he can do this, then you don't need the bridges part.
1: <laughs> How exactly are the Sixers gonna get Mikhail? Okay, never mind. That's that's a whole nother podcast. Movie.
0: They'd have to draft him back in 2018. That's basically it.
1: We'd but... need we'd need a time machine and some plutonium. Right. Um, and here's one that I'm just writing down just to uh please a certain sector of the Sixers nation. Uh I, I think Paul Reed is more than a body. I, I I still do, I still believe that. I think he needs to get more minutes. I think he needs to get more than uh trez and i on uh, he really should be the primary backup to joel like i still firmly believe that and i don't care if this is like placating the paul reed stance that's fine because i love those i love those fans so much like you you ride hard y'all ride hard for paul reed harder than i do for FERC. and it's just it's just glorious
0: it's just beautiful so hats off to you people yeah he got three blocks in just 16 minutes which is per- which is total mayhem <laughs> um, I do think that opposing teams have on the scouting report that if he's anywhere in the vicinity, flail your arms and they'll call him for a foul because you fine. saw you saw Shangun kind of do it like he felt Reed on his back when he caught a rebound and then he just kind of swung his elbow and acted like he was fouled really hard. and maybe he was fouled a little bit, but there was no way the ref wasn't calling it once he sold it. and that's the kind of thing you see. There was another play in overtime where they called him for a quick whistle. Um Speaking of whistles, Joel's last foul, what do you think?
1: Uh tough to say like i thought he went straight it. i thought he went straight up but then on the the replay i saw that he was kind of like lunging after the ball a little bit so i thought i thought it was a fine call it's it's one that gets called a lot anyway so I was just like all right he got,
0: a, he got him on the head uh, like,
1: yeah i was like all right yeah I, I i personally don't like it because it means mb fouls out going into double overtime but like i i get why there was a whistle
0: yeah, I get why this is a whistle. I wish he would have just stayed a little more vertical. You know, I feel like he gets a little aggressive going for the actual block when a lot of times the contest is more than enough.
1: If he just goes straight up, that's not a foul, right?
0: It, it, Probably not. Know, some some refs might call it on the body because Houston was clearly getting a little bit of a home cooking whistle tonight. Yep. Uh, remember – at one point on a crucial loose ball and beat had it and they had hard and jump. And I was like, okay, they're, they're throwing one for the home fans here. <laughs> um, and you expect that. So they might've called it anyway, but then if you review it, maybe they overturned it if he hadn't swung his arms down at all.
1: Uh, so, so where do we go from here, Dave? We have the Lakers on Friday and uh, we're like, what's what's next? What you gotta what...
0: really evaluate is hard and ready as to be back. like what what was that? What's four of nineteen? What were those turnover seven turnovers? Was that fatigue from being out? Was his foot bothering him? Did his hamstring act up? Like I, I don't know how to explain. It. I just want to make sure that they're not overdoing it with him because you don't want him playing thirty eight minutes, forty minutes plus in his first game's back, and you don't want them not learning from mistakes riding him this way um he's not a guy that you can just deploy like a 26 year old anymore if you want to win the championship you need Tyrese Maxey James Harden and Joel Embiid all healthy for the playoffs and if you don't have that you're done so it just hasn't felt like this team is really all interested in getting those guys healthy for the playoffs right like
1: it doesn't seem that way I don't don't know why they're trying to win the regular season it makes no sense
0: yeah. I'm not saying don't try to win the regular season, but just remember that if you did lose this game tonight, you could still win the war. Um, I'm not talking about this game, Houston. I'm talking about games that we've seen like playing hard in 30 minutes on his sprained foot. Once you already knew it was hurt, yes. you know, th- and that is a perfect spot to get him out. And I don't know how many extra days or weeks that might've cost him, but maybe we'll never know.
1: So this, I, I kind of feel like I want to start a new segment to close out uh podcast now. It's just like, all right, who who gets who gets your kick in the ass this week?
0: <laughs> kick in the ass? Yeah.
1: Like I th- who? Need- I think I, I like out out of frustration. Like somebody needs somebody needs to get kicked in their ass because they screwed up so bad oh man
0: i better make this a good one right like i don't want to
1: honestly because honestly it, it's the inaugural so it kind of fits but doc rivers needs a swift kick in the ass for playing uh james harden for what was that 40 35 minutes or 38 minutes like doc needs a swift kick in the ass like i don't know who did the rotation if it's doc he gets my he gets my kick in the ass of the week
0: yeah maybe maybe uh that goes up even further i mean daryl should get one too for not Having like a three four hour meeting to make sure Doc is on board with that. I'm I'm not giving Daryl
1: the 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 inaugural kick in the ass for me. I'm not doing uh, that.
0: All right, all right, all right. Like what Daryl, about
1: Daryl's probably pissed off at me enough already at this point.
0: <laughs>
1: Daryl's not even fielding my phone calls. This is not good.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know who I don't know who to directly blame when you see stuff like this. Like you, you just wish that there was a meeting of the minds between Maury, Harden and Doc and the trainers and they were like, "Okay, you are ready to return, but we don't want you to play huge minutes. We don't care what the game strategy ha- w- the way it plays out. We want to keep you limited. We are going to continue to lean on guys like Shake and DeAnthony a little bit more until you got it." And once you see he's like 4 for 16, you should feel even more comp- compel that you had the right plan
1: agreed all right that's fine i i can live with that well i can live with that that's fine
0: uh, that three of you guys get a kick in the butt for not all doing all that so...
1: three of you all three of you get kicks in the ass it's like yes. one two three line them up let's go that's right <laughs> uh hopefully things look a little bit better against the lakers on friday night although i don't know how great it's going to look considering that uh Anthony Davis dropped 55 and got 17 rebounds yesterday. So this should be fun on a Friday night.
0: Yeah. Joel's going to go so hard. I'm almost nervous already. Like he's taken some brutal falls against the Lakers because these are always national TV games. Oh God. And he brings it and you know, he's, he's like scared us with his falls. LeBron flagrant foul them. So I'm always nervous playing the Lakers because of the heightened intensity of these games is that game um, on
1: espn friday night
0: I, I don't know but they usually are i'll, I'll have to double check that i kind of hope it's not because oh i'd like God. us to just get it over with <laughs> get oh the word
1: lord no no nationally televised games yeah. no nationally televised games for the Sixers until christmas like that's the next one i don't want to <laughs> see them on national tv until christmas day against the knicks that's exactly. it exactly that's it we're done with that <laughs> uh speaking of done this podcast is done because it's uh it's eleven fifty now eastern and uh i don't know about you dave but i need to go to bed and like have better and have good dreams to just like start my day tomorrow fresh
0: yeah i'm with you let's try to sleep this one off um I well, ran out of
1: whiskey, Dave. I ran out about third midway through the third quarter. I was like,
0: crap, I got to do the
1: rest of this game sober."
0: I, yeah, I made myself a double Kava stress-free tea, stress relaxed tea, <laughs> no stress Kava tea. But I made it. A, but I made it a double for this one. It is on ESPN, so there will be heightened, uh, heightened intensity around. Damn this
1: it! One. Here we go.
0: Sixers are twelve and twelve, so they'll look to get over five hundred in that one. Oh, my God. All right. I, I guess we'll have to look forward to that.
1: Although, who knows if I'm actually going to be able to watch that game. I, I may just I may just have to go to uh, fine wine and spirits before Friday. Like that's going to need to happen.
0: The good news is that they've, they'll only have played two games in a whole lot of days.
1: I, I thought you were going to say the good news is that there's a sale going on at that store. So maybe I can get some good stuff. <laughs> until friday folks sixers uh at home at the crib against the lakers and uh yeah uh this has been the out of sight podcast and liberty ballers podcast network vox media home to all sixers podcasts read the site libertyballers.com you can follow me on twitter at adob royster you can follow dave at on un- david on un- no underscore david early Follow the site, liberty underscore ballers. And yeah, that's it. That's all we got tonight, folks. That's that's all the the, the 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 double overtime game. And then talking about the double overtime game has officially sucked all of the energy out of your host. Like, that's it. We can't do any more tonight. Like, we can't. We just need to slip into sleep and uh, hopefully things look better in the morning.
0: Yeah, the vibes are not great around Sixerville right now.
1: The vibes are not good. The vibes are definitely not chill around here right now until next week we'll talk to you soon sixers nation uh chins up if you can manage it but uh it's gonna be rough this week talk to you soon folks